You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Thunderquack Podcast. Enough said for our recap of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, alongside the astonishing Amanda Conkin and spectacular Curtis Finley. How's it going, guys? Doing really, really good. Yay, I'm good too. It's nice to be here. Uh, We're going to talk about The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, Look, uh, this is going to be spoilery. Uh, We're going (laughs) to review the whole series. Um, so I, yeah, I like right here, right off the bat, if, if you're not, uh, caught up on the series, go, go watch it before you listen to this. (laughs) But, uh, I, yeah, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or as it's called, uh, at the very end of the series, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. (laughs) Spoiling things right away. Yeah, exactly. I I wanted to say if people didn't know what they were getting into while they were watching the show they didn't understand what marvel was so i feel like uh yeah i would agree with that i would agree with that it's uh yeah. yeah if if you walked away from the falcon and the winter soldier disappointed you watched the show wrong <laughs> um because i i have seen a few people who are kind of like oh well i don't know it's like well that that's on you actually that's not on the show um i have a few grapes and i'll talk about those later oh yeah later yeah on. It's not without faults, but it is absolutely a sequel to Winter Soldier, like to Captain America Winter Soldier. Like, like this is uh, uh, even more so than Civil War, because Civil War was actually an Avengers movie. It was. Um, It bothers me to no end that it gets billed as a Captain America movie. Yeah, but uh, uh, it's it's very focused on Cap and Bucky. But it 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 does feel very much, especially because it's the Russos, and they end up making the next two Avengers movies after that. Yeah. So it's like like they yeah they they kind of started to establish their their style with that. But um, um, although they did Winter Soldier as well, but uh, but this one very much is like Falcon and the Winter Soldier is very much in the style of Winter Soldier. I. Uh, uh, even even also having it in the name uh, in the title again, <laughs> I I, but yeah, it it's it's what everybody kind of it's funny to me because it's what everybody asks for and then they get it and then a lot of people are like, yeah, but like can't we just like can we get back to the story and it's like this is this is the story you guys <laughs> the the personal <laughs> stuff the human stuff that is the story and as a matter of fact the 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 plot of Falcon and the winter soldier is probably in my opinion, the weakest part, the whole flag <laughs> smasher part of it. It's like it, it's uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it yeah. in a little bit, but, but the best part is the, like just Bucky and, and yeah. uh, 
I would watch five more episodes the- of just them hanging out in Louisiana, yeah. fixing a boat and uh, and and playing catch with the shield. Like, yeah, that to me is the is the best part of the series for sure. Uh, let's let's run down the stats though. Let's let's get into the nitty gritty here. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is a six episode limited series on Disney Plus. Stop asking for season two. That's not how these shows work. Uh, it was uh, its executive producer created by Malcolm Spellman, uh, directed by Carrie Scoglin. Again, just like we talked about last time, I, I, the teams are tight on this. We're not. It's this isn't like traditional TV. Uh, it's all directed by one person, uh, I, and uh, uh, written by a by a much smaller team than you would expect a, a TV series with this kind of scope to have. Uh, so written by Malcolm Spellman, uh, Michael Castelline, Derek Kolstad, Dallin Moosen, and Joseph Sawyer. Uh, music by Henry Jackman with a killer, killer closing credits theme song for uh, for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, so, so good. Uh, and then, of course, it is starring Anthony Mackie as Sam Wilson slash Falcon slash Captain America, uh, Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes slash the Winter Soldier, Wyatt Russell as John Walker slash Captain America slash U.S. Agent, Aaron Kellyman, who people might remember from uh, a little movie called Solo, A Star Wars Story, uh, as Carly Morgenthau, uh, Daniel Bruhl as uh, Dancing Baron Zemo, uh, Emily <laughs> Van Camp as Sharon Carter slash Power Broker, uh, Danny Ramirez as Joaquin Torres, dot 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 slash maybe eventually the falcon question mark <laughs> uh, i i don't I, i'm gonna i might butcher this name i apologize uh ad adipero oduye as uh, sarah wilson uh carl lumbly as isaiah bradley uh julia louis dreyfus as countessa valentina allegra de fontaine slash maybe p- possibly potentially lady hydra uh and i uh, uh, how how did you pronounce this Clay, Clay it's, it's Clay. Okay, Clay Bennett as Lamar Hoskins slash Battlestar. I man, what a cast! Like, like, just it's like a huge cast of characters because this isn't even everybody. Like, like there are a lot more supporting characters um, that are throughout. Um, but let me let me let me start off right now by saying the biggest mistake in this entire series is that the senator guy who appears in multiple episodes is absolutely forgettable and and they should have stunt cast that role. They should have done what they did with the senator in Iron Man 2, uh, who was played by... Um, oh my God, his name just fell out of my head. I... I oh. I can't remember. I don't remember Iron Man. You guys know who I'm talking about, the Hail Hydra. Um uh, Gary, I mean, Gary Gary Shanling, uh, thank Shandling. you. Yeah, Gary oh, Shanling. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking, um, yeah, I my brain was going somewhere else with it, but I <laughs> uh, and I couldn't. It, it's one of those. Well, things he's where, a memorable like, personality for sure. Yes. Well, the second that you like think the wrong thing, but it's like so close, yeah. and then your brain just like cycles in the wrong answer, <laughs> and you're like, I know that's not it. Um, yeah, I yeah. So I I I thought that that was a huge missed opportunity. That guy is completely forgettable and uninteresting. And that role, because that character came back repeatedly, that role needed to be something special. Um, and and they. I don't even remember special. there being a senator exactly. in this series. Exactly. So. 
Exactly. And that, but that's exactly what I'm talking about. So as we've talked about before, we talked about in the last episode, the, the, the purpose of this group specifically is that <laughs> I like, like I'm the MCU addict. Uh, Curtis is our, uh, our, our well of comic book knowledge. And Amanda represents the, the, uh, the like the average like viewer <laughs> sort of thing. Right. <laughs> which is, which is a, like, it's an important part of the conversation because for me, it's like, if these movies only service the comic book fans like Curtis, then a lot of people are going to be like, I, I don't care. Yeah. Why I don't care, care about the, yeah. like, like, cause there are a million yeah. more characters that could have had cameos um, in this story, but didn't because it would have just been cameo, 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 which is what comic book fans generally want. And for me, if it would have just been all tied into the MCU or like complete reimaginings or like, let's do something different then I, uh, then, you know, comic book fans aren't going to have any fun and average viewers are going to be kind of annoyed. So it's like, it's like, there's a balance and it's got to serve all three. Even when you're me and you get to the the second and last episode where that guy, the French guy is like, I need to kill Sam Wilson. I don't know who he was nor why he was killing him. Yeah, that, so... Like, let's, talk, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about yeah, that. Yeah, he's also not very memorable of a character. But was he was he in earlier episodes of Falcon in the Winter Soldier? Yes, yeah, the he first was in, episode. In he's the, in the, the first aerial. episode. He, yeah, he's also in Winter Soldier. At the very beginning on he's, the ship. That's He's Batroc the Leaper, played by uh, George St. Pierre, who is like an <laughs> MMA guy. I, I recognize the actor, but I do not. I do not remember yeah. how he was related. To he Sam was on. He was on the boat in Civil War. The, okay. At the very beginning of the movie, like no, the, Winter opening, Soldier. the opening of, oh, sorry, of, of Winter Soldier, uh, when Cap jumps out of the plane without the, without the parachute, without parachute. yeah, and uh, and then goes the and Black Widow beats the crap out of everybody, yeah. Um, I really so, need to rewatch Winter Soldier, but yes. yeah, you do need to rewatch <laughs> yes, Winter Soldier. Yeah. Uh, so so the 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 whole point of of Batroc being in there, and they they executed this really poorly. This is where the like if they're only catering to MCU fans, this is one of the examples of how it fails because MCU fans, I think, are paying attention to that stuff. Comic book fans, I think, are paying attention to it because it's Batroc because it's because it's a comic character. But the average viewer, I think, like is is sitting right where Amanda is, which is like, why is this guy important? Well, if you go back to Winter Soldier, there's a moment where I uh, Sharon Carter basically like relays the information to Steve that that um Fury hired Batrock to capture the boat um uh the Lemarian star I remember now right? I remember yeah. now to get yes. the intel yes. to get the download, intel download the servers yes yeah 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 oh like, and then they set him up and yeah okay I remember so I remember. so the the idea in civil war is that it's like it's like spy stuff right so right, yeah. so fury hired batrock right? in order to give them a reason to send in cap which right. is the cover to send in black widow right so yeah, there's okay. like multiple layers and it's and that's all to point back to fury as double crossing shield Right. He's he's trying to get that intel away from S.H.I.E.L.D. so that he can use it against S.H.I.E.L.D. When the truth is that actually uh, I what's his face? Director 
what what was the director in i i redford director Redford. yeah yeah robert redford's character <laughs> was actually after it because it was it's all part of the the hydra uh, uh the 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 three uh uh helicarrier things uh, right telling everybody um so so the implication here is that like it this retroactively because because of a line that sharon carter says i uh, in i guess was that the end of the second to last episode the penultimate episode where she's like making the call and she's like hey i broke you out of that that algerian prison or whatever whatever she says i don't remember the exact line but she's talking to batrock in that and then we find out that he's working with um that he's working with the flag smashers he's been hired by the power broker who is uh uh, agent carter is uh sharon carter which all points back to like Sharon Carter was potentially working with Hydra the whole time. Maybe. Oh, right. Maybe. Or she had her own agenda and she's actually, she's actually been questionable the entire time. Maybe she was never a good guy. Um, because, because the turn in this is, is that like she, she was a good guy, but then, got left behind in the midst of everything that happens in civil war and infinity war and Endgame, And I, I presumably didn't get blipped or, or didn't get, didn't get, get, uh, yeah, uh, blipped. yeah, I guess blipped. Yeah. I, and she was there the whole time. Although in, in Endgame, she does come up in one of the scenes where they're showing all of the people that are missing, but that's explained really easily by the fact that she went under. She was just in hiding. Yeah. 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 Uh, she yeah. was becoming oh, yeah, the power broker, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, but then like the end, the very end, we're kind of jumping around, but the very end being the, like the reveal of her as power broker, um, which, which a lot of people guessed by the, the third or fourth episode. It's like the whole, we never get to meet the power broker and she's just working on behalf of the power. Bro- it's all just a cover. And I didn't, because I don't know who the power broker is. That was another thing where I was like, is it too obvious that it's her? Or is it just, is the power broker just some big epic thing that you never do see? Like, I just didn't know if the power broker not being acknowledged was like a comic book thing where it's like nobody ever meets the power broker. So it's like, it's like with these like double layers, like multiple layers of things and shows, I can never, I never, I can never tell if it's like a building to something that I should be investigating as a as an audience member or if it's just something that I sit back and be like, well, I guess it's comic book lore. So it's, they definitely wanted to keep that a mystery because it's different than who it is in the comic books. Okay. Power broker is not Sharon Carter in the comics. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, like it's, this is a perfect example of the MCU taking a comic thing and using it to subvert expectations. Right. Yep. And that's fine. I, yeah, just, it just, I like being surprised. It's kind of a reverse of what they did with the Mandarin in uh, in Iron Man <laughs> yeah. three, right? Yeah. Um, which, so which, by so the great. way, we just got the first trailer for Shang Chi, uh, oh, and we, yes. and now we've so seen excited. the we've seen the true Mandarin finally on screen, yeah. uh, and uh, yeah, I can't wait. I'm so excited for Shang Chi. Uh, I'm but, re- uh, I'm really gonna need because I I just all I see is Kim's convenience and he does comedy that I'm just gonna have to get into. But I guess Aquafina. I guess they're supposed to be. It's gonna be a funny movie. Don't worry about that. Okay. Okay. Cool. They, 
They cast him for a reason. I. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, we're not here to talk about Shang Chi. We're we're here to talk Are about sure? Falcon and Winter Soldier. <laughs> That's fair. So I. So my <laughs> overall my overall thoughts on on Falcon and Winter Soldier is that I, uh, it, it delivered on exactly what it needed to, and it definitely glossed over the stuff. It makes it doesn't want you to pay attention to the stuff that wasn't important. The flag smasher stuff in the long run is not that important. It was a, it was a, a way to get the story going. Um, kind of like things, the um, extremists in Iron Man. Exactly. 3. Exactly. Yeah. The important stuff here is Sam's journey, Bucky's journey. And I think uh, Walker becoming us agent. Like, the, like those are the important aspects. And, and then, and then I do think that power setting up power broker is going to be important for a, for one of the Disney plus series uh, in the future. We'll talk about that when we talk about the post-credit sequence, but I, I, yeah, w- like the, I, I think that, that moving into cap four, which they announced, um, uh, I guess they announced that on Friday. Yeah. I, I, with the, the finale, um, it's really just all setting up that it's setting up Sam as captain America. Uh, and, and uh, perfectly. I mean, like that's, that's the whole point. Uh, but but the thing that they did that I love that I didn't think they were going to go there is like they they talked about race. They talked about they had a conversation about it. And I think that audiences are a bit split. And uh, I just to speak candidly, like the like the people that I follow on on Twitter, it's it, it does feel very split down the middle when I when I look at like the people of color, black people in particular that I follow on Twitter that are talking about falcon and the winter soldier that they fall it's very polarized like they're either a hundred percent behind what the story did or they they are upset about a few of the the places where it fell short for them um so i'll say like my opinion as a white guy is that i found it very uh impactful and very meaningful but uh but that is the opinion of a white guy so <laughs> take that for what it's worth. Uh, it's not as important in this conversation as the opinion of people of color, uh, uh, particularly African-Americans in this conversation, because that's what ultimately it's about. Um, it's about it is about a black man in America taking up the mantle of Captain America, strapping that shield to his arm uh, and what that now, means. I don't know any of the writers um, I only know their names. I don't know what they look like. Are any sure. of them African American? Uh, you know, what? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> we can we could we can yeah. research this as you guys are talking for sure. I'll I'll, okay. I'll take a look and see if I can find any. Yeah, I'd really like to know. I know that the yeah. director Kari Scoglin is a a white woman. Yeah. Um, and but but yeah, it would be interesting to know if this is if uh, I mean I know Anthony Mackie, of course, African American himself, but. Um, but if if he's just being fed the lines from the a white writing writing team, that would be yeah. It's, yeah. it's important to have some uh, representation uh, yeah. behind the scenes, and I was like, we we probably should have <laughs> could have looked at it. Uh, you can look through it a little bit more, but I will say I really did like the uh, the line specifically where Bucky's like, I didn't even think about these things, and it's important, and I apologize. And I think that if nothing else, that's that's an important message for you know, the white people of the series, right? Who are like, oh, I never even thought about these other things in play. And I was putting my own baggage on you without considering the things that you have to go through. And I, I really liked that they acknowledged that. And it was a bit of a throwaway, but it was after that really sort of important episode where they got to bond and they were, and they were 
you know, together and, uh, and just like living life and Bucky really seeing the impact of all of the things that, that Sam had been going through. And I just, I think that that was important and I'm, I'm pleased that they acknowledged that. I've, uh, I've taken it for granted that I just, I had the, assumed they were color, writers of color. So what did you say, Curtis? Go ahead. Um, are you doing your overall thoughts here? Is this? What oh, I was just, I, no, I was just yeah. commenting on the, oh, I guess I could. Do you want, I, that was my. Just Why don't you continue on, on with thing. that? And then, uh, yeah. yeah, go for it. If you want me to keep doing my overall thoughts? I guess. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, I, from a just sort of fun perspective that it, it took me a bit to get into it. Uh, and I really, I, we were talking on a Thunderquack podcast where Mike was like, but do you realize that Captain America at its core is exactly what's happening in Falcon and the Winter Soldier? And I was like, oh no, maybe I just like Captain America because of Chris Evans. But then the more that it got into this, <laughs> this story, I was like, oh no, I like this dynamic. And it's just, it's just because it's so much more just about humans. Like even though they're super soldiers, it really at it at the core of the story, it wasn't about the super soldiers. It was about the the humans. And even though Bucky's a super soldier, you just sort of forget that. Like I love that moment where he goes to like fix the thing with his wrench and he's like, I forget about the arm. I'm right-handed. And I just thought that that was just like a cool, just like sometimes it's just people <laughs> doing things. Um, so yeah, I, I like uh, the ability to turn. I mean, I guess it was, it's, but it's like the, the way that we idolize different people, and it's like, hey, we're going to choose this. We're going to choose this sort of beacon of the military and turn him into Captain America. What could go wrong? And you're like, it's just so obvious that you're like, if you if you if you look at if you look at people that way, like, how can you turn? And I think there was a lot of commentary after that, right, about the idea of like building up soldiers to be a certain way and then punishing them for who they become. And I thought that that was sort of an interesting commentary. Mm-hmm. on. There's just a lot of stuff that that just really delves into like the human side of things a little bit in the way that WandaVision I think was dealing with sort of larger psychological like undercurrents of, of personal journey. I think that there's something really interesting about this, that just this, this particular series taking individual people, but having them speak to the larger systemic, like military industrial complex and like all of the, the inner workings of like how society functions and what, we value and how we set people up for success or how we, how we toss people aside after we're done with them, after their utility is gone and, and individuals can choose to look to that and become, you know, become cynical about it, or they can take what it is that they value and what they saw in the shield and what they saw in the potential and take it back. And I think that that's like, I think Sam's journey in this is fantastic because you allow him to go through all these other things, right. Where you get that, um, the yeah. other, uh, like the other super soldier and you get him to be able to be critical about stuff, but also be like, no, there was this guy who was so my friend and he was so good. And this symbol means something and it's important. And I feel still that we can have that. And I'm, and I can, I can be part of that conversation. So hey, it was pretty inspiring. And I like, and I like that. I like that it's not at the end of the day, it's not that he has superpowers. It's that he is just the right person to have that particular, um, that particular mantle. And it's, it, it's very satisfying to be like, let's just have, let's just see what this, and I don't know. I don't know uh, his version of Captain America. Cause I'm not familiar with that, but I think it's important to have a guy that's not, you know, Tony Stark who can make all of these cool gadgets, but just a guy that's going to take up a mantle and be a superhero. 
think it's cool. So that's my thoughts, I guess. <laughs> nice. Um, cool. I'll, I'll interject here really quickly. Cause I have an answer to the question about uh, okay. the, the, uh, the, the, I guess the racial makeup of the, uh, <laughs> of the, of writing the writer's room. So I, I, Joseph Sawyer, uh, one of the writers uh, and uh, more importantly, I think the, the executive producer, essentially showrunner uh malcolm spellman uh they're, they're both african-american uh oh, okay. malcolm spellman previously did uh uh empire uh was it empire is that what i what i read oh there? i think oh, okay. I, I think we talked about this previously just about how yeah. they're plucking out the people that they're giving show running stuff are coming from these very like niche stories and and their focus yeah. is Anyways, I feel like, yeah, I feel like we, we chatted about that beforehand. I yeah, actually didn't so, realize so, the director was I a woman. Mean, That's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think, could it be better? Uh, yeah, it could be better. Like, like the, 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 that writer's room is still primarily white. Um, the other three writers, uh, from what I could Google there, appear to be white. Uh, white men. <laughs> um, big surprise there, right? But One of but the writers I do is think the that, creator of the John Wick franchise? Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But but I do think that that Marvel Studios is making a concerted effort Mm -hmm. based on the fact that, yeah, the lead like the head writer of this show is is black uh, uh, and and it's directed by a woman (laughs) like that's a that's that's truly amazing this big macho show a canadian woman woman. yeah especially a woman in her 50s especially the fact that it is exactly what you say like it it, like this is i don't know that it gets much more um i i inadvertent misogynist dog whistle than the captain america aspect of of uh I, uh, the MCU, I'll explain that because there's a lot to unpack there. (laughs) There's a really weird phenomenon here. I think that everybody on this podcast knows who Captain America is, who he should be, what he stands for. I also have seen, particularly in the last year, especially back in January uh, in the American capital, a whole lot of very uh, uh, fascist leaning. Uh, I uh, I don't. How, how can how can I say this at being as mean as possible, but also keeping it PG? Um, we just it. We get, we get it. We know who you're talking. Horrendously about. white men, yeah. Um, yeah. with logos and iconography emblazoned on their bodies, uh, whether it's tattoos or t-shirts or literally carrying Captain America's shield, um, uh, attacking the Capitol, <laughs> the thing that like, 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 like directly acting against what I think we all know objectively, this isn't a, an opinion. This is like objectively what Captain America would be against. Um, but but the thing with those men is that they have twisted these characters to represent their ideologies, and I, uh, I yeah. So so to make the decision with this specific franchise to go in this direction, uh, or this this aspect of the franchise, it's like a franchise within a franchise, right? Um, to 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 push it this way, like. Like and and to make that concerted effort, like it's important but, that they did it, but it, it is because, also I think it, it needs to be applauded because we need to we need to celebrate these 
movements uh, in the right direction so that so that we continue moving in the right direction, right? And I, I, I'm now that I'm deconstructing this a little bit, so this just goes to my overall thoughts a little bit because I kind of wanted to poke at it, but I was like, maybe it's more about the race aspect of it that I should be paying attention to, but no, no. There's also a lack of females in this film. There's some standout cameo yeah. people. I love, like, the um, Kellyman um, is fantastic in it, and, uh, like, obviously Sharon Carter and to have Val in it, but... They're individual characters and they don't and, and Sarah is fabulous too and, and that that sort of female representation. But this yeah. isn't a short a story about women. So it's interesting though to have a really macho story have at least a bit of a female lens in it by having a female director. I think that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. I yeah. had assumed that it was directed by a black man. I had and because of just the content and what was there, and I'm kind of like it, it's interesting now that I'm like it it means that it was set up to have a white female voice. And then a black male voice as the writer and to, for those two voices to tell a story is sort of interesting lenses. And when you talk about intersectionally uh, intersectionality and, and like diversity, I think there's, you, you lend a different perspective to things in, in interesting ways that, uh, that keeps it from being a fully white male driven macho military narrative. And I think that that's interesting and important. So not I don't know whether that's here or there, but it's just this is discoveries that I'm having while yeah, but, I'm but I mean, like I think you touch on you touch on an important aspect of the story, which is that it is a military narrative. I th- this and, this well, and story important. is a lot more brutal than other like like think think for a moment of the, about the the conversation around Wanda needing to answer for her crimes in WandaVision. She didn't kill anyone. Right? Yeah, right? We're yes, like- yes, she was torturing people like inadvertently like and once <laughs> yeah. she realized it she stopped, right? Yeah. But but like the outcry when that series mm-hmm. ended of like she's just going to walk away. They're not going to yeah. do anything. She's not going to stand trial. Sam Wilson like like kills people in the first 15 minutes of this episode of this series in that, in that opening sequence over, over like in international airspace, he is a military contractor, otherwise known as a mercenary, right? Like we're using, we're using semantics to get around the fact that he is a gun for hire that the American military brings in when they can't legally kill people on foreign soil. That's his role at the beginning of this series. And that's exactly what he does. And he 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 flies in there and kicks people out of helicopters and we don't see their parachutes uh, like a G.I. <laughs> Joe. Right. And he's got two machine guns that he uses on people. He blows up helicopters full of bad guys. And we just kind of we just kind of hand wave it because it's like, well, this is the Captain America stuff. And that happens well, I in think, these stories, yeah, right? And we're definitely conditioned over sure. these movies. These it's just notable. Movies. Yeah. It's it's just notable but in I, contrast I to, to But these to guys a... these guys are bad guys comparing to the innocents yep. yeah, that are like they are different types of yeah. people like, in different categories as well, though. But it 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 speaks to now again, just the lens through which it's very it was very important to me that I, it was very intentional that they had to reveal Sharon Walker, Sharon Carter as a villain before they let her kill people. Right. 
So the idea yeah. of like once you once you're a villain, then you you solidify your villainness by killing people, but also right. that it's significant that she kills the other woman. Like the other female character is killed by the like the other female. Like it's just I think that there's a very interesting point that happens at the very end. Katie, when we I was watching this with with my wife, and Katie said, "Do you suppose that um, Carly is wearing a mask because they don't want to show the the guys beating up a woman?" Interesting, and I mean, who who knows? It could be par- it's partially intentional. Like I'm sure that there was conversations about stuff like that for sure, because she yeah. does. She wears it all the time, and I mean, it's it, something that's really interesting about casting that particular person in that role is that she plays a very similar. I mean, spoilers for Solo, Star Wars story. If you haven't seen it, <laughs> but they very much set up that character yeah. to be a man in the beginning of it anyways. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a thing that you're like, Oh, this is a young redhead woman who like, like it's, it's a very specific to have the leader of a, of a sort of villainized group to be an unexpected individual. And because it gives them a certain amount of empathy, like that is at its core. You were, she was, she was bad. She killed people, but you were still supposed to be on her side and to do that, they had to cast it very yeah. specifically. And I think that it works in this particular um, instance. Anyways, I'm sorry. I've given so many overall thoughts to stuff. I feel like, I feel like you guys can talk about your overall thoughts. <laughs> no. Yeah. Cur- Curtis, what's your, what's your overall? Uh, my overall thoughts is I had a really great time watching all of these episodes. Uh, I thought it was um, quite well, well done and well written. However, I think that I probably would have preferred it as a two and a half hour movie rather than a six hour uh, TV series. Mm. It's so different from Wanda where they positioned the whole premise around the fact that it's episodic. This one didn't need to be that. And like you said, the flag smasher stuff was so um, ultimately not the focus that they could have pared down a lot of that and thrown out Zemo completely and just made it into a movie. Uh, and I probably would have had a better time. I also was watching this with my children, with my with all three of them, but my boys in particular, who are nine and eleven. Um, this is the darkest MCU thing that we've ever seen. Uh, and when John Walker kills that guy in the <laughs> third to last episode, my boys just checked out, and they didn't want to watch the rest of the episode, and they didn't want to watch the the other two, the last two episodes. Yeah, they just they were done. And like, wow, this is so not what I'm expecting from MCU, which is for the most part family friendly. Yeah. So that was interesting to me. And I'm not sure where I stand on that. I mean, a lot of people are like, yeah, it's more brutal. We like that kind of stuff. We want our superheroes to be more dark or whatever. But I'm like, my kids didn't like it. I So, so Kara has watched and she's four and a half. She's watched most of the MCU. And what we have skipped, we intentionally skipped both Captain America sequels because because they are much more mature and they do go to to like these like thought provoking places that I think are great, um, but but that are not family friendly and not yeah. and in the sense of not in the sense like with the brutality thing, but in the sense of like I don't expect a four and a half year old to sit through Winter Soldier and understand what the hell is going on because we could discuss winter soldier and still like all three of us as, as uh, uh, educated adults could come to different conclusions about certain story beats in that movie. Yeah. Um, Cause it's a spy movie. You're supposed to, right. 
Uh, and then with Civil War, it's like that movie is like it's a thought experiment with spandex like <laughs> like that it's, yeah it's like, so convoluted i was watching that with my boys and getting them to try yeah. and trying to explain what each of the positions of captain america and tony and, stark yeah, were in the political are, yeah, climate or whatever exactly. is like just watch the superheroes guys the, the other the <laughs> other ones that we didn't watch that we haven't watched is we got about a third of the way into age of Ultron and Kara checked out and was not interested because it is again, a lot of talking about what's going to happen and not a lot of happening. She really liked the opening, (laughs) but then, you know, like it's a long time before you get to another action set piece uh, in that movie. Um, And I love age of Ultron, but, but yeah, like she, she, she didn't connect with her. And then infinity war, which again, Mm, yep. Opens really strong and Hey, there's Spider-Man. Hey, it's, Doctor Strange and Iron Man, which like all my like my favorite characters, who uh, which also happen to be some of Kara's favorite characters, go figure. Uh, and uh, and then all of a sudden, like it switches over to like once once the whole Cap and Vision thing ends, and we're we're dealing with like now we're talking about the threat. It's like and Thanos is monologuing. It's like yeah, yeah she checked out again. So for sure, I understand that. It's like there are those aspects of it, but like so I would not like I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even entertain the idea of of uh, watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier with her because right. it is so not with her, yeah. And the same with Samantha. I mean, she was yeah. there watching with us, but she never cared engaged, about it yeah. at all. Yeah. Uh, she never engaged. She was uh, we let her play on the iPad drawing or whatever, and yeah. and uh, which was fine because honestly, we didn't want her watching that anyway. Yeah. And then and then we had no idea that it was going to go, of course, to that brutal yeah. place, and we we were shocked. Um, the thing I did like about it was that uh, we were able to talk about race issues uh, with our boys through uh, through the course of the show. Like especially at the very beginning, when when um, when Sam gets stopped by the police officers, yeah, uh, that was kind of the first time I think that that my boys had encountered a movie with that type of scene in it. And so we were able to after the episode say, "Hey, let's talk about this." And why, why did the police officer have that reaction towards Sam? And then, you know, cause they didn't get it. They didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And I would have loved to have some more conversations with the stuff that happened in the last two episodes had they watched that too. So we'll save that for a few years down the road when they're older. Yeah, they'll get there. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll revisit this show. Yeah. The great thing about the MCU is that like by the time that you finished it, it's time to start it again in advance <laughs> yeah. of whatever thing's coming out. <laughs> exactly. So it's like you can just keep cycling. It's like it's like uh, it's like having TV shows like Friends and, and New Girl yep. on Netflix where it's like, well, we just when you finish, you just start again. Like, just keep going. You just keep watching it over and over and you see different stuff every time. Totally. But uh, uh, Let's get into our favorite moments. I, uh, Amanda, you want to kick us off with your favorite moments from from the series? I think I already I've already talked about a couple of them. It, it like genuinely I think it really was the um like the human moments on the boat between Bucky and yeah. and Sam um and being which I didn't know if I was going to enjoy it like when they sort of started up that episode and I was kind of like, "Oh, is this just like a bottle episode?" And it was kind of, but I I was kind of like, "No, I got like I got into it by the end and and really um thought that that was pretty great and I think it might have been you that posted it just that moment where Bucky is watching the two kids with the shield and um yeah. and then he and his reaction is just to be like yep that's what the shield is is it's like an it's like aspirational and it's just this cool yeah. um yeah. like I'll, like symbol so 
Yeah, I'll second that because that is one of my favorite moments in the series. I think it's a really, really smartly written and well-executed moment because lesser writers would, this is what I said on Twitter, is that lesser writers would have would have just had Bucky like wake up and go, hey, hey, put it down. Don't, like, don't touch that. Don't you know what that that is? Like, like that, that's the, and that's what you expect in that moment. And the fact that it subverts it and that he wakes up and he's like, hey, and then they... <laughs> And then they put it down and run off and he smiles because it's, I think for, for Bucky, the interesting thing about that character is that it's about his journey back to being James Buchanan Barnes, right? Like as opposed to being the winter soldier who he's been for the last 80 years. Right. And, and everything that he went through. And I love that we get the flashback to Wakanda uh, in the one episode so that we get and, and Sebastian Stan's performance in that moment is so good. Um, oh my gosh. That happened so early in the series. I totally forgot yeah. that all of the like badass soldier chicks yeah, the, came the, back. Yeah. The, the King's Guard. Yeah. <laughs> what are they called? The Dora Milaje. The Dora, Dora Milaje. Yeah. They, they yeah. were one of my favorites. Sorry. I, but anyways, curious. but I, uh, yeah, I mean like it, it, seeing him in that moment and him being, not being he's not the winter soldier in that moment he's he's bucky barnes he's the same guy that that picked up steve to go to the stark expo in 1940 whatever that was right um like like that 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 sees the flying car and is like oh cool right he's like and that's the same bucky that's like i read the hobbit in 1937 when it originally came out right like, <laughs> yeah, <I love> it. <laughs> like, yeah like he's a he's a very different person from hard winter soldier who's all like got the face mask and you know is shooting uh <laughs> mines underneath moving vehicles and, and watching them explode and stuff like it, and and that juxtaposition is on display in the in the series but like it would be really easy to just lean into the winter soldier stuff and then not give bucky the softer moments and my two favorite moments are that moment with the shield and then a total throwaway moment at the very end, like, like literally the very end, like the montage of like, like, where is everybody at the end of the, of the series? Uh, when Bucky shows up with the cake at, <laughs> at the, at the, there's like, there's like crawfish boil that's going on on the, oh, on the dock. Yeah. And he shows up, he just shows up like, like, Oh, it's just, that's just, that's uncle Bucky. Like that's like, that's, that's who he is in that moment. And then like, we get that great montage of, of him joining Sam's family in a very official capacity without anybody needing to say anything without any dialogue necessary. And the, like the, the moments of flirtation with Sarah are great and they definitely build into that. Like, like in the previous episodes, but, but yeah, that moment. And then like when, when he's like holding up his arm, he's got like the three kids dangling off of his arm. And it's just like, it's this, I've heard complaints that like, that, that, that the story focused too much on Sam and that, that Bucky didn't get closure that they kind of just like hand waved it away and like, just, just like, and then he went and did the thing that he needed to do. And it's like, yeah, yeah, but we dwelled on it already and we got to see the moment. And that was really it. Like, like going and talking to 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 the father of the guy that he killed like that's all we needed we didn't we don't need to spend an entire episode digging into it and then like him giving the book to the therapist and whatever right like but he also doesn't get 
as much because he's he was so bad for so long that I think if you focus too much on him, it's like you, you start to be like, I, how I, much think, can he I think that it was enough least, of his so. story and yeah. his story's not in this context is not as important as what needs to be said about Sam becoming Captain America because Bucky is going back to being who he was right he's he's returning to a previous state he's not taking on a new persona i wanted him to i wanted him to become the white wolf by the end of this and for that to be like the official moniker of the character so i was disappointed that they didn't do that so i understand where people are coming from but at the same time like like those final moments and that montage of him joining sam's family like that's all i need to know that beyond just like like him meditating and 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 them like basically using technology to deprogram him in Wakanda he he's actually done the work now like he can he like he's free of the winter soldier it's it's not gone but it's not it's no longer holding him back from from living his life which is what it was doing before so like I, I got all of that in those moments i i can understand if other people didn't but for me it worked uh and it's yeah. one of the strongest things and then the for, all of the isaiah bradley stuff is just off the charts great it's so good isaiah bradley <laughs> but um the 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 black captain america the, the oh, one yes, from yes, the, yes, old, yes, yeah, the yeah, old guy yeah. carl yeah i can i make a comment just about the uh the winter soldier arc yeah. yeah um i i think that that whole arc got a disservice right from the start because marvel positioned these two the two characters and they had this whole mystery of who's going to carry the shield right and be- i think because of that they really they really stalled out both of their storylines till the very end to keep mm. that mystery going, uh, in the comics, Captain America is both Bucky and and Sam at some point. Uh, Captain America at one point dies, or he's assassinated, and Bucky takes up the mantle of Captain America. And another time, um, Captain America um, ages really rapidly; he's an old man, and so Sam Wilson steps in as Captain America. So both of them, from a comic perspective, could be um, could be Captain America, and so. Marvel purposely was trying to keep the comic fans guessing the entire way through these six yeah. episodes. And because of that, I think that um, Bucky's story, which should have been wrapped up, I think, like halfway through after Zemo was all done and everything like that, and then get to see a little bit of his life not in a montage of him actually sure. acting out what he's what he's been learning or whatever. And I think that I would have preferred to see Anthony... Mackie or uh, Sam Wilson become cap a little bit sooner to explore that a little bit more as well. But now we have to wait for like four years before Captain America four comes out to actually get any of that. Is that, is that how far out that is? Do we have a, do we have a date on that? I don't think we have a date on that exactly, but I mean, they've already got like 14 movies in the queue over the next two or three years. (laughs) Yeah. I, here's the thing. Don't, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't use previous years as uh, a, a yeah, they just, uh, slot in forever. But even still, yeah. there's still going to be a wait. It's going to be at least a year and a half, if not more, because they got to make the movie still. Um, and I think that they, uh, I would have just liked to see them settle into their 
their new um, newfound personas a little bit sooner in the series since it since it was a series. Uh, here, so so here's the thing. Here's what I will say: we're gonna see Captain America before Cap Four. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. We'll see this character again. I I in in one of the the Disney Plus shows or in one of the movies that's coming out. There's there's yeah. no way that we don't. Um, in the same way that like that that Steve Rogers was in a lot of a. In fact, I. I've never done the count, but I would say that that Chris Evans probably has the most cameos screen minutes by I don't know about screen minutes, but he's in the most like the highest number of movies because he's in all of the Avengers movies. He's in his own Captain America movies, all three of them. And then he's he's in uh, uh, Thor, the Dark Dark World. No. Yeah. Dark World for like a split second, for a split second. But he's in there. And he's also Spider Man movies. He's also in Spider Man Homecoming. So, uh, yeah, like like but then Iron Man is in Spider Man. Iron Man is in the Hulk. Iron Man is. All it's over not. The place it's not as, well. as many. It's not as no, many. I don't know. I don't think it's as okay. many. But uh, but in any case, like I think I think because because those those these characters some of these characters mean so much to the MCU in general, and I and I do think like Sam becoming Captain America is going to be a topic of conversation in other movies um and so like i wouldn't be surprised if a post-credit scene at the end of shang chi involves cap showing up to give him the invitation to join the avengers or something like that like like i think that we'll see that at some point happen um i i would love to see him make an appearance in uh, uh, Quantumania, the next Ant-Man movie, um, because, <laughs> yeah, of course, because, because of the of... fact that he was in the first one, <laughs> yeah. and so for them to have like comes from, and then and there's the whole there's the whole uh, wasp cap joke of like oh so you call him Cap now and it's like like there's it, it would be a great moment for them to be like so do we call do we call you Cap do we still you're not Falcon <laughs> right like. I, and and Ant Man's the perfect place to do that. So I I think yeah. I think I, we're gonna see the character in multiple places before then. Um, you you brought up a, a question that I have though for you yeah. guys: Is the Captain America with Sam Wilson is it this Falcon hybrid, or is this something unique to Falcon and the Winter Soldier? No, this, no, it's exactly it's the costume is like a hundred percent accurate. Yeah. I was oh, wow. very surprised yeah, that they pulled wow. that off. Yeah. Yeah, they did it. Because it's it, pretty epic. Yeah. It's great. And the way that oh, he fights fantastic. with the wings and the shield oh, is yeah. like epic, where I'm like, how do you yeah. control those wings with your brain? Like, is it to like make yep. them laugh? It's really cool. Like, it's, um, yeah. I've never thought about that before, about how he makes the wings work. I literally just <laughs> came up with that in my head right now, where I'm like, wait, I haven't thought about <laughs> Well, these the are logic. new wings, new uh, oh, okay. Wakandan wings or whatever, yeah. right? That's so. fair. I, they just I did. Yeah. I did, or I, or at least I do at some point need a little bit more of a connection to the fact that it's Wakandan tech and I want to know how it's better um, than, than the previous <laughs> stuff. Because like, like when he pushes the truck back up onto the thing, it's like... It's well, like, it's made of vibranium for one thing. That's yeah, kind of yeah. the main, the main. I thing. think that'll be the biggest thing. But like, I but I do want like an explanation in in another story of like, yeah, we made Cap's new suit and it does all of these different things in the same way that like we've gotten explanations with Iron Man's armor and and uh, and the Black Panther's outfit and stuff like that. But yeah. I'm sure we'll get there. I'm sure we'll get there. Um, Curtis, did you give your favorite moments? What what what, what were your no. favorite moments? Um, my, my overall favorite moments 
Now, uh, Amanda already kind of mentioned that she forgot about this moment, and it's one of her favorites. Is I I uh, I did like when the Dora Milaje came in to uh, confront Zemo, and um, Zemo I really liked as well. I thought yeah. he his character got wasted halfway through by just kind of tossing him out and not actually doing anything with him, which was too bad because they really built him up as a really cool character. But I love that interaction um, between him and and all of these other characters in that one hotel room or wherever they were when they were mm-hmm. doing that fight. My favorite moment is when Bucky's fighting one of the, the soldiers and she just like does something to his arm and his arm falls off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they and built him to like, fail safe because they, did you they know didn't. <laughs> yeah. Did you know? <laughs> he had no idea, um, which is smart. They didn't know if he was going to turn evil again. So they built in a fail safe. Of course. I, I love that moment. I thought it was great. Um, and then, uh, and then, just all of the moments where, where um, Sam got to connect with the super soldier of the past with Isaiah, mm-hmm. um, I really, really like that. Just to be able to show um, the distrust uh, from the past versus kind of yeah. where we are as a society now. Not progressed much at all, but still the difference and then then isaiah's line of um no self-respecting black man would put on that costume yeah and then sam's um sam having to mull that over and eventually come to the decision that you know what i am doing this i think that was an important important lesson for for both of those characters and it was it stuck with me yeah it it very much like uh, i think i think that moment because that because that does tie into one of my favorites as I said, all the stuff with Isaiah is just so strong. That's to me, that's really what the heart of this series was, right? Of this story. And I and it and it gets to what Cap as a symbol, not as Steve Rogers or Sam Wilson or or as Bucky, but the thing that transcends. And this is the thing, like we didn't get the Bucky story as Cap, but the whole point of that story is that Bucky, like the Winter Soldier, isn't Captain America. And the Captain America that he becomes is representative of America now and yeah. not of America as it should or wants to be. Um, yeah. And and Sam's decision to put on the the Stars and Stripes and uh, and become Captain America is not about accepting the world as it is, but about showing it what it can be. Right. Yep. And that, and that ideal is what Captain America is about. That's what that's, that's, that was the symbol that Steve created. And that's why Sam in this story in, in, in the MCU is the right person to carry that mantle. Cause he, he very much sees the world as it could be uh, uh, in spite of its current state. Right. Uh, knowing full well. And, and like you said, like, like the, the scene with the cops in the second episode, uh, just like showing us exactly uh, uh, what the world is. And it's like only once like, like the, there's the bank moment and then there's the cops and it's like the world sees him as a black man until they realize that he's the Falcon and that shouldn't mean anything. And like, that's no. obviously yeah. an analogy for like basketball players and movie stars and right. Like, like the whole, like, uh, like, uh, uh, there's know. that Brooklyn nine, nine episode as well. 
where Terry Crews is stopped on the street, and as yeah. soon as the guy, the white police officer, finds out that he's a police officer as well, it's like, oh yeah, yeah sorry, I wouldn't yeah. have stopped you if I had known. So yeah, like I, that stuff, that stuff to me is is was really powerful and worked really well. Um, but uh, yeah, I uh, let's let's segue from that into our MVP, our most most valuable player in the series. Uh, I'll start off right away by just saying I. I think that it's Carl Lumbly as Isaiah Bradley. I think without him in that role, I absolutely crushing those scenes. I mean, there are probably other actors that could have done it as well, but I think they cast him for a reason. And, and uh, the fact that he is also uh, John Jones in the uh, DC animated universe, yeah. uh, the Martian Manhunter. And he also plays uh, uh, the Martian Manhunter's father in the TV show, Supergirl. Um, as a nod to the fact that he was Martian Manhunter in the animated side. Like, so he's an actor that, that is already an iconic uh, comic book character. Uh, and he's just going to just gonna go ahead and take another one with Isaiah Bradley. Um, the way they adapted that story uh, to, to fit this narrative, I think was really, was really smart and, and really well done. Uh, and I, I, I think that, that the performance that he gave just, like it it sold those moments um especially when he's exp- explaining like he's telling the story of what happened and it is beat for beat the plot of the first avenger right of the like his men were all behind enemy lines and they wrote them off and they were going to blow up the building to save their secrets uh and and he went in and he brought every single one of them back and that's exactly what steve did Right. Like 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 Bucky and everybody was written off and Steve got on that. Uh, it got got in the airplane and jumped out and and brought everybody back. Right. Um, yeah. And so a white guy was celebrated for it, but a black man was basically put in prison as a result. Right. Like it's a uh, uh, yeah, I that, that stuff was was I think so integral to the series that, that for me, he's the he's the MVP. Anybody else? Anybody have any other nominations? Amanda? I mean, mine, I sort of talked about it uh, previously where Erin Kellyman, I think there's a very specific reason why she was put into that role. Yeah. Um, And there's just something about it that I think ties like that story with the, like as much as it doesn't necessarily work, it really doesn't work without her in that role because you have like, she, there's a certain vulnerability and sort of softness to her where you're like, because she is doing these terrible and they, they set that up, right? Like she's the victim yeah. in the, like the hostage, they, they play that role really well. And I feel like for captain America, Sam to be able to be upset with her dying and to try to like lead her through there. Like there's a connection there where it's like, how do you do the right thing and stay true? Like just because you're on the side of, of one government versus another, like how do you connect through it? And I think that there's something in the, in the through line of the story that doesn't work without her in that role. But I, I mean, obviously Isaiah Bradley, that's everything that you just said as well. But for throughout this, I always get new insight when talking about it. And I think that my new insight through this conversation has been the importance of her specifically in that role um, in yeah. a way that I don't expect anybody to agree with, but I just, I feel like I need to nominate her <laughs> for the MVP for those reasons. That's fair. No, it sounds good to me. Um, I'm going to say John Walker. We haven't really talked about this this Captain America at all. This show 
needs to have needed to have a character a Captain America to show us what Captain America is not in order to show us what Captain America really needs to be. Yeah. So uh, to put John Walker in that role um, and they pushed it really extreme, of course, but I mean, he, he was, he's a decorated soldier. He is the embodiment of, you know, the pride of the nation and, um, and and to have a government instit- instituted Captain America rather than one that just came up naturally or whatever, like that's that whole aspect of it needs to sh- show us this is why this kind of Captain America doesn't work and why bringing Cap- um, Sam in as Captain America is a natural choice. So um, I think that that's my choice for MVP here as well. Uh, plus, Wyatt Russell did an incredible job yeah. Um, as John Walker. Just loved his portrayal of the character, loved how crazy he got. It was really good. I saw a great meme where it's like the we act too good that everybody hates us club. And it was like uh, the guy that plays Joffrey and the woman that plays Dolores Umbridge and yeah. then John and then why? Uh, yeah, yeah. The guy for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I look, I, I, to me, this is a hard one. Cause, cause I think that all three of us have made very, uh, good points about these three characters. Um, I don't know. I don't know. So let's I, just I, give it to Julia Louis-Dreyfus instead. <laughs> <laughs> we can all like, have a runner-up. <laughs> Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who comes in as uh, uh, Lady Hydra from a completely different narrative and a completely <laughs> different tone and yeah. yet still works somehow. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. I love how she walks in and it's like, like, yeah, like she's not in this movie this this <laughs> yeah. like this yeah. like the tone it's not of, like, it's a side story yeah it's just, it's like yeah a, like know. like she like she just kind of guardians of the ga- galaxy character yeah like she sidesteps she? in oh, with the, no, 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 no 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 that's oh that's oh, just like, like oh, I get it. okay yeah. okay but like she just sidesteps in with this purple hair and the like and the business card with nothing written on it like <laughs> yeah, i love it and I it's just it. like her both of her scenes are just these like kind of kooky zany moments in an otherwise very self-serious story that that definitely has comedic elements to it, but that is very, yeah, like it, like it's it takes itself very seriously. But then here's this this one character that uh, that feels much more at home in an Avengers story or an Iron Man story or whatever. Um, but I I uh, a fact here that, that I'll, I'll actually I, I put a couple of facts in here so that people know. I we were supposed to see her first in Black Widow. Um, oh. I, 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 I believe potentially in the post credit scene. So it'll be really interesting in July to see if she is in the post credit scene or not. Um, nice. I, cause that was sort of like, so they've been keeping this character a secret for a very long time yeah. I, and this casting. So the other thing is that the, the final episode was completely rewritten in the middle of production because of COVID not because, oh, we got to change things and production has to change because of COVID regulations, because the Flag Smashers were going to use a virus oh, in order yeah. to, to oh. do what they were going to do. And so they, they made the decision to, to change it. So like those feelings of like the final episode feels weird, rushed and disjointed. There's a reason for that. And 
Because it does. Kind, it's like why they went into the, yeah. they locked them into this space and you're like, doesn't make lock them sense. into this space in order to like get them out of the space. And the Flag Smasher story has yeah. no conclusion to it. It does yeah. like where they end up makes no sense. And it's, and that's why it's, yeah, it's because of COVID. Sense. I was so, asking those questions yeah. when we were watching. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. So, so I do think like it's, it, it, I think it'll be interesting when we eventually get to hear the story. This was of like shot like during COVID. Yeah, yeah. Like it, in well, the beginning, I mean, this was like supposed it started to, before. It, it the series was done, supposed to premiere in like September oh. of oh. last year of 2020. Like this was supposed to be the first thing out. It was supposed to be. Oh, okay. We were supposed to get Black Widow in May, and then the next thing would have been Falcon and Winter Soldier oh, in like okay. September October. And then, yeah, and okay. then November would have been WandaVision. Um, and Eternals. And, and Eternals, right? Or actually, Eternals, November. And then I think maybe WandaVision was was supposed to be like December or something like that. WandaVision didn't move much, but the fact that it became the first series was the big shift. So, um, yeah, like like the, a lot of stuff got affected by this, uh, by, by COVID and, and, and changed significantly. Um so yeah, so like all like the the power broker stuff at the end, like like I think that a lot of it, a lot of it was affected here. So, um, so I guess yeah, I guess we are just gonna are we just gonna award the MVP to Julie Louis Dreyfus for coming? <laughs> we can just call we it a three way tie for yeah, the yeah, yeah. Tie. Yeah. That's not yeah. really how yeah. MVPs work, but that's okay. <laughs> I I I think we all made our points. The post credit yeah. scene. So there are technically two. There's one at the, in the, at the end of the penultimate uh, episode, but it leads directly into the next episode. It's it's Walker building his own shield. shield. There's not really much to talk about there because it's kind mm-hmm. of it's it. Those questions are answered. It pays in off the show. immediately. Yeah. yeah. Um. I I was thinking that maybe that meant that we weren't going to see like that we wouldn't see him again until we see U.S. Agent. Um. But I. Uh, but but obviously at the end of the series we 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 do get him coming back oddly joining them and everybody kind of being okay with it. And, and there were so many things about Walker that I, I didn't want to like be a bummer on your MPVP nomination there, Curtis, but like there's (laughs) like, but I, I just to go so extreme with how he kills the guy and then try to get out of it and be like, but he still is good at heart. It would have been, in my opinion, just the way that they already made him take the serum, which was already a thing that like, I don't know, just to. So, okay. So here, here's the piece of context that I think you're probably missing that Curtis and I have, probably. which is why okay. I think we're going to be a little bit softer on the character and the, and the way he behaves. He is going to be a part of the Thunderbolts or whatever the Thunderbolts becomes in the MCU. Like that, what like, is, I don't know what that is. Exactly. So the Thunderbolts is at at a certain point, at a certain point, Thunderbolt Ross, who we know from the Hulk stuff, right? And he's the he the guy who Who you know from the Hulk. Yeah, no, if you paid attention to the William movies, Hurt. Do you know Will, William Hurt? Oh. Who comes in in Civil War. You gotta let me finish yes. my sentences before okay. you say that you have it. no idea no, what I'm talking fine. about. It's all good. Okay. Who comes in in Civil War. <laughs> so that's Thunderbolt Ross, and he creates the Thunderbolts when Norman Osborn is the Secretary of Defense and gives Thunderbolt Ross the 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 like go the, ahead. The to, Spider-Man guy. Yeah, um, and this is all in the midst of Civil War. So, okay. in the midst of everybody like 
like i i picking sides and like tony is like no everybody's got to register and get trained as superheroes and cap is like that is uh uh, your security is giving up freedom so we're not going to do that in the midst of all of that the avengers don't exist so the the american government much like they do with cap in this story step in and go if the avengers don't exist then we have to create the avengers in case aliens attack so they create the thunderbolts now in the comics in in the in civil war the thunderbolts are much more overtly villainous and obvious to everybody else that like this is not going to go well because they literally take quote unquote rehabilitated villains and oh. make them superheroes but they're oh, not okay. superheroes they're all working for Norman Osborn and Thunderbolt Ross who are both bad guys in the in the Marvel comics in in is their own ways the, but is that what the the Ms lady hydra thing is so so it was all pointing towards that bringing in john walker's u.s agent everybody was like oh they're 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 gonna set up thunderbolts this is this is a direction that they could go with this character because of what they're sort of implying about him Mm -hmm. being murderous and if he gets the serum and stuff like that they threw a wrench in it by introducing i i uh, the contessa the contessa yeah but but also like yeah she is she is she is a great person to do that and is and she like can, amanda waller i don't i don't know i think that that's what we'll is. see is that she will be very much like an amanda waller and that's like like sort of the way that they've handled that character i think that's what we're getting um okay so i, I do think so- that we are pointing towards the thunderbolts but that with it being less about because the norman osborne element isn't there um because that's a Spider-Man character and that's still in that weird gray area where Sony technically owns the rights. Um, I, I think that, that we're going to get, we're going to get a twist on it where it's like, we're going to get the Thunderbolts. Maybe they won't be called the Thunderbolts, but we're going to get the same concept where the Contessa, she is gathering villains and they're all, they're going to be her weird, twisted superhero team um so but he's supposed to be kind of bad i just don't i just it's one of those weird things where it's like well then make him bad and just keep him bad and then just but that but he has to be bad in a in a in an understandable justified yeah like a punisher type of way right he can't be bad in the way that that crossbones went bad in civil war right where it's like, oh, he was Hydra the whole time. He's a straight up villain. He just wants to kill people. That's not what John Walker is about. John Walker thinks he's was a that hero. the was that the other guy that was like the 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 burly dude with the and he was like a soldier yes. guy and he okay yeah uh, his name is Crossbones cool. yeah yeah that's the Which, that's the villain that he becomes yeah I don't think they ever say it in MCU but no See, no how can you expect <laughs> me to know that thing you guys I like barely <laughs> recognize the people he's credit he's credited in Civil War as Crossbones so okay. like, oh, it's yeah. fine. Um, they don't call him crossbones in it, but he's got the skull mask and his, and he's got the crossbones on his chest, but, um, oh, yeah, checked out. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Anyways, and then, and then he blows himself up and that's what sets off civil war. Right. So gotcha. I, uh, the post-credit scene though, the final one that we get is Sharon Carter being, uh, pardoned by that. Uh, we, I don't even know the name of the Senator. They just call him Senator over and over. Senator generic. Um, yeah, Senator generic. I I so Sharon Carter gets the pardon, which is what Sam promised would happen. Um 
and uh, and they they offer her back her old job and access to all sorts of shield and u.s government secrets um and uh, and she walks down the steps of the building makes a phone call and is like i now so have access to all of this stuff start lining up buyers um this yep. is to me a very obvious setup for armor wars which has already been announced is it, which is the the uh, Armor Wars in the comics was a thing. I think they're just using the title in the same way that they've used titles. Oh no, it, it totally works still. I because... yeah, no, it it does. But like, but I I don't think that they're gonna follow the Armor Wars storyline, quote unquote. But but I think like we're gonna get a version of it. Basically, the idea here is that Tony Stark isn't around to protect his inventions anymore, and uh, in the same way that Cap's shield means a lot, uh, the Iron Man armor means quite a bit as well. And so Armor Wars is going to be about the American government <laughs> losing the plans to all of this stuff that they've got. And, uh, and, and Contessa, uh, no, sorry, and then Power Broker selling it to the highest bidders. So I think we'll see Justin yep. Hammer back. We're obviously going to see War Machine. We already know that. I think that we will see Ironheart in that series. I don't know what the release order is, whether or not, because Ironheart's also getting her own series. So I don't know if we'll see her introduced. Maybe Rescue? Who's I, I Ironheart? Ironheart is a, is, is a successor a to character. Iron Man. Oh, She's okay. I wasn't supposed to. Okay. No, but you don't I, know her yet. I know Justin Hammer. That's the other, yeah. that's the guy from the... Sam um, Rockwell. Yeah. So Wait, Sam Rockwell? Yeah. I didn't know who Justin Hammer was. <laughs> I thought he was somebody else. <laughs> I forgot. I... Yeah, so I we're, I think we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna see Power Broker come back in, oh, totally. or at least be connected to that storyline. That that's what that's setting up. Yeah, I think that um, Contessa probably is setting up the Secret Empire series that's coming up, hmm. and um, and yeah, Power Broker is setting up for Armor Wars. So it's it's cool that we're getting little teases yep. of all of this are and then the, and live then the, action series or are they yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, and wow. then the other thing that that uh mm-hmm. that we can't move on without uh noting is uh uh, uh eli brad bradley is also introduced in this yeah. uh who is uh the patriot um i i eli is the son the son of uh or the grandson, the grandson of, of isaiah, bradley. isaiah oh yeah. so cool he has some super soldier serum in him as well. I passed yeah. through the generations. We didn't get any hints of it in this, but I, uh, but, but that is the case in the comics. And, and he is becomes the Patriot somebody from Iron Man though. Iron Patriot is a character. Oh, okay. Never mind. Iron Patriot is a character from the civil war storyline. And that the first Iron Patriot is actually Norman Osborn. Oh. <laughs> so, and, and that ties into the yeah. Thunderbolts thing. And the, yeah. Um, Actually, John Walker's persona before he becomes Captain America uh, in the comics, he's a supervillain called Super Patriot. Interesting. Wait, he's actually Captain America in the comics too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Uh, he was Captain America when Steve was Nomad, right? Is that? Steve just became a character called the Captain. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll talk about that when I get into okay, my recommended okay. readings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so, so having, having, uh, Eli, Elijah Bradley, uh, introduced in this is another character, uh, on our checklist young of young Avengers. Yeah. So, uh, just to, just to give the count so far. So we've got Elijah Bradley, the Patriot, uh, we have, um, 
um, oh my speed. god, <laughs> yeah, Speed and Wiccan from Wandavision, and I uh, and uh, uh, who, Cassie uh, and Cassie uh, from the Ant Man movies, who have all already been introduced, and we know that we're getting um, um, Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye series later this year, as well yeah. as Miss Marvel in her own series later this year. Uh, who's not not technically a young Avenger; she's just an actual Avenger. But I uh, and we know that Kang is or maybe it's just still a rumor i can't remember kang is going to be nope. in ant-man 3. kang kang is in quantum mania yeah so yeah, we he's, could he's get a little mania. kid a teen kang as well yeah, yeah. who's also a kang is a from... young avenger kang the conqueror we, is a uh, we haven't met him yet yeah don't worry about it he's a he's but... a he's a time travel you're gonna love him he's a time travel character kang kang the conqueror sounds familiar i feel like i'm familiar with in some capacity but is he an ant-man person or is he he's, he's an, an avengers, avengers villain. he's an avengers villain but but the, oh, he's okay. being introduced in in ant-man Quantumania. Quantumania. Okay. ant-man and the wasp quantumania is the full title of that movie uh which is a mouthful <laughs> so that's why i just call it quantumania at this point but it's also I, confusing me though because when you say quantumania i keep thinking about the the doctor strange ones that were getting the multiverse of madness because <laughs> yes. in my in my name the quantumania and multiverse of madness are interchangeable it, yeah. they're similar that's in fair. my brain that's fair so yep uh okay uh recommended reading what do you got for us Curtis? okay so there is a lot of uh source material that this mm. series pulls from the majority of this series pulls from a really long run of captain america in the 1980s by a writer named mark grunewald uh, one of the most prominent runs of Captain America in th- throughout Captain America's history. Uh, very, very well-loved and well-liked. The, everything about the uh, about U.S. agents, everything about the Flag Smashers, um, all of that kind of stuff is, is directly uh, influenced from these comics from the 80s. So I have to recommend the Captain America Epic Collections. They're uh, volumes 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16. <laughs> which just like for if, all of you out there if you've looked at an epic collection that's a lot of comics because <laughs> they pick about happy. 20 issues into yeah. one and mark grunewald did it did captain america he was writing captain america for nearly a decade and this isn't even all of his run it's just the relevant parts and i want to break down just quickly very quickly um because most of you don't care um <laughs> volume 12 has the character flag smasher who's they've interpreted in this version as a group of people rather than just one supervillain. Um, in, in volume 13, we get to, we get introduced to um, John Walker as a supervillain called super Patriot. He is like the anti captain America. He's so patriotic that he's actually, you know, breaking laws and doing bad things. And then volume 14 is called the captain. And that's the one that you want to read. If you are really interested in John Walker's story, because it's captain America decides he's disillusioned with the government. So he quits being captain America. And so the government brings in John Walker to fill that spot. We meet Lamar Hoskins as well. He takes on the role of Bucky uh, and later becomes Battlestar. And that's, that's all told in that story there. And then, John Walker's descent into kind of craziness happens through Epic Collection 15 and 16. So you kind of want to, if you want to read classic Captain America stuff, that's where you want to go. There was a mini series called Truth, Red, White, and Black. And that is a, it's a six issue mini series. 
And that is telling the story of Isaiah. That's his first appearance. It's t- it really turned the whole super serum story on its head when we realized for the first time that Captain America was not the first person to be experimented on with this super soldier serum. It was really Isaiah. Um, this, just an aside, is really interesting to note that um, we- um, Wolverine is known as Weapon X. The X actually is Roman numeral 10. He's the 10th attempt at trying to recreate the super soldier serum. But anyway, that's an aside. Uh, I was really the, hoping for a for a, and I think I may even maybe even talked about this on something else. But like I was really hoping just for a hint, and not not for them to say Weapon X because that would be too much, but for them to have noted that that Isaiah was Weapon and then give him a number. Yeah, uh, I, I, isn't that comics? Is he not Weapon Four? Is that I, I think I heard. That I can't world. remember. No, I think he's before because I think Captain America is Weapon One. Yeah, so he's like he's like prototype. He's like he's, weapons he's before that. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, before I go on to my last reader reading recommendation, um, I forgot I wanted to mention this earlier. We got another nod to the fact that Disney owns the Fox properties again in in this. Uh, like we got that other Pietro in WandaVision. Yeah. In this one, we got Madripoor, yeah. the where where Agent Thirteen has been hiding out all this time, and we even got a little glimpse of a neon sign that says Princess Bar, yeah. which is Wolverine's main hangout whenever he is in Madripoor, which he spends a lot of time in Madripoor. So uh, Fox had control of that fictional city, but now Disney is able to to use that again. So that was kind of cool. Okay, last reading recommendation is um, there are two volumes. They're called Complete Collections, Volume 1 and 2, Captain America, colon, Sam Wilson. And this is the whole story by Rick Remender of Captain America um, handing over the mantle to Sam Wilson and then Sam Wilson's uh, tenure as Captain America told in these two really, really fat uh, trade paperbacks yeah which if you if you want more context around that stuff that all happens this is where i actually have knowledge because it's modern stuff i i <laughs> that all happened around the all new all different era of yeah. of marvel where um they they basically like like they switched up almost all of the characters um and it's like like that avengers team was like it was sam as captain america they they put in uh miles morales as the, as the Spider-Man character for that storyline, and they brought She-Hulk in, was the Hulk, yeah, and Miss Marvel came in, uh, and like yeah, it's it's and Jane Foster was Thor, yeah, it's um uh, that Avengers run is actually not great. Uh, I don't recommend it. <laughs> I, I it it takes forever to get going and is ultimately disappointing. Um, yeah. but uh, but the concept was really cool of switching up all of those characters and it, it had a lot of promise. Um, which is what they were doing in the 80s when when this Captain story by Mark Grunewald yeah. happened. Um, Captain America was not Captain America. Um, James Rhodes was Iron Man. Eric Masterson was Thor. Spider-Man had a black costume. Like they were doing a ton of different changes uh, around that time as well, all at the same time. That all kind of, that all kind of lasts up until Onslaught, right? Like, and then and then Heroes Reborn after Onslaught. And then everything kind of gets rebooted. Where yeah. Heroes Reborn kind of reset it back to kind of classic Marvel with everybody in their proper roles, for the most part. Um, 
Cool. Uh, I'm sure. Look, hey, Onslaught is a character that maybe people want to keep their eyes open for because that's the type of character that you would put into an endgame type story. Uh, yes. <laughs> Especially when you get the Fox properties back. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, totally. I, man, <laughs> Onslaught on screen would just be. Onslaught is basically if you took like uh, the Hulk and Magneto like just from a visual standpoint and you mix them together because it's like because he's got Magneto's helmet and color scheme and armor sort of look but he's like the size of a gigantic Hulk um, just with like a like the the helmet is just like you can't see the face inside it it's just like black with like glowing eyes um, yeah Onslaught man the 90s I <laughs> awesome I, uh, as we get closer to X-Men being introduced, we're, we're veering dangerously into all that nineties territory. Cause that's sort of the, a lot of the X-Men stuff I think that, that we'll get drawn from. Cause that's, yeah, Oh yeah, absolutely. Come into contact with the Avengers a lot, but I, I, that's it. I, I guess that's it for, for Falcon and the winter soldier. Is there anything that anybody needs to say before we talk about what's next? Did we cover it all. We did it. I think we got it. Yeah. Cool. Um, awesome. Well, next up, uh, we'll be back uh, to talk about Loki, which premieres on June 11th and uh, is also set to be, I think, six episodes. Um, so uh, similar to this, but uh, but also I think might be a little bit more. It might be a little bit more of like a monster of the week type of thing. Uh, as yeah. he uh, as he joins as Loki joins the TVA, and uh, and we get Owen Wilson in the MCU, which uh, I'm all for. We actually don't uh, yeah, we totally. as much as we know about Loki, we don't really know anything about it because there's there's a lot of room for cameos. As a matter of fact, <laughs> out of all of the stuff that's been announced for this Loki series, nothing is off the table. I nice. I literally anything can happen because we're dealing with time travel and alternate realities, alternate timelines. I'm so um, excited. Loki's going to be great. Talking about uh, six episodes of Tom Hiddleston, I'm sure nice. will be fantastic. Yes. Um, I, I can tell that Amanda's very excited about that. <laughs> and to tide me over, I mean, just for the Thunderquack yeah. Patreons that are listening to this and know my reference, but I will watch uh, Kong Skull Island to like, me over until yeah. Loki. <laughs> I mean, in in the meantime, in in the, in the gap because we do have a bit of a gap with no MCU content. This is and this is like theoretically the last gap uh, between now and the end of the year. Um, and it's only it's only what six weeks. It's not even that long of a gap. But we've got uh, uh, Star Wars: The Bad Batch premiering uh, in a couple of weeks on May fourth. Uh, is when it premieres on Disney Plus, with which a, is next week. It's not a couple of is, weeks, man. Is that it's next May week? next week. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta get my stuff yeah. in order for that. Um, <laughs> and that means that Rebel Cells is coming back, and we've got a new cast for Rebel Cells. It'll be me, uh, Joe Hogan, and uh, and and Kyle Avery. So um, I'm really excited about that. Really excited to talk about Bad Batch. I uh, and uh, uh, which is not something you know what? Like a few months ago, I wouldn't have said that but I'm saying it now. So I, I, <laughs> yeah, I definitely tune in for bad batch. And if you like, if, if you're like Amanda and you, uh, and you've been slacking, you have all of the clone wars and star Wars rebels to catch up on. Don't bother with star Wars resistance. It's not that important. Um, uh, 
unless you really want to watch it. But uh, but yeah, definitely uh, everybody needs to get caught up on Star Wars, The Clone Wars before The Bad Batch and then get into Bad Batch. Uh, but uh, but that's a Star Wars thing. But just go listen to my other podcast. You guys know. You guys know what to do. Uh, awesome. Thank you guys uh, for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll be back in, I guess. I mean, I guess it's, I guess we'll be back in around 12 weeks. I, I, oh man. Actually, I mean, I, oh, you know what? I'm wrong. That I, we have a content calendar for a reason. The yeah. next thing that we're going to talk about is actually Black Widow because Black Widow will premiere in the midst in the of Loki happening. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. yeah. So we'll. So the week that we would have talked about Loki, we actually are going to talk about Black Widow. We're going to do our Black Widow review. And then the and then two weeks later, because we don't want to do two right in a row, but two weeks after that, we're going to talk about Loki. So we're actually 14 weeks away from talking about Loki. The next thing that we're going to talk about <laughs> is actually Black Widow. So I, I, everybody keeps forgetting about Black Widow. And I. Poor Black Widow. You know what? Doesn't... To be perfectly honest, I think we're going to all watch that movie and then we're probably all going to instantly forget about Black Widow again because um, it doesn't look that exciting. Uh, it'll be fine. It'll be a serviceable Marvel movie. but It would have been good had they actually released it back when it was supposed to actually yes. be released and it yes. probably would have been watched by lots of people and made a lot of money yeah. even if they did it digitally. But, yeah. you know. Uh, well, yeah. Didn't. So, I mean, it is. it is. It will be available on Disney Plus Premier Access. As well as in oh, theaters, so. you're gonna force me to pay the thirty bucks to, I know, <laughs> to yeah. watch that. Well, what's your, will, what are your I will. What are your <laughs> options, Curtis? You can either. Hey, here's the thing. By then, hopefully, we're fully vaccinated. I mean, if we are, we'll go to the movie theater. If the movie theaters are True. open, but if the movie theaters aren't still uh, still aren't open, we've been fully vaccinated. We can actually watch it together. Uh, whoa what I, yeah i yeah. will be i will be fully vaccinated by that point yeah so there I'm you so go jealous. I, I should be as well so um <laughs> yeah i i cool well uh thank you guys for listening uh, do we have a sign off for this one do do, do we do we come up with like a a witty catchphrase for it nope you want to oh, just you want to just use the pull box podcast sign off enough said <laughs> sure <laughs> And then Amanda can use the quiver one. We'll use them both. <laughs> no, Amanda, you got to save the quiver one for when we do Hawkeye. Oh, when we finish Hawkeye, yes, you can so use the good. quiver. One. I will use it. That's I like. So it. don't use it now. There were a, there were a, a lack of uh, witty li- one liners throughout Falcon and Winter Soldier. It yeah, it wasn't the quippiest. It wasn't the quippiest. Because I could have pulled something from one of those, but oh, oh well, whatever. <laughs> Okay, so uh, I'll use the sign off. You you end the episode. All right, it's we're done. Thank you guys for listening. Oh. We'll catch you on the next one. Keep reading comics. Follow the Thunderquack podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching the Thunderquack podcast. You can support us in three ways. First, by heading to the podcast service of your choice and leaving a rating and review. Second, by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch from your favorite podcasts. And last but not least, by heading to patreon.com thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support and get cool rewards like early access and extended episodes. The Thunderquack Podcast is the official podcast of thunderquack.com. Head to thunderquack.com to discover more great podcasts.